Anglican Ministry TechCast. Well, hello and welcome once again to the TechCast brought to you by the team here at Music and Ministry. The place for all things technical and techniques and just all the things that are necessary to make a modern worship service come together. And today we're going to be talking about how do you get the sounds that you need in order to, you know, sound like whatever it is that you want to. And really that is the first thing to think about is what is that sound? Because not everybody wants to sound the same. And sometimes you have that happening even at a micro level in the sense of different people on your team are going for a different sound. And that can include your sound team and even your pastors. So your guitar player is maybe way into metal, and so they're bringing their seven-string guitar, and they've got all their effects pedals set up to be able to shred on this Hillsong song. So then maybe it's your keyboard player that wants to have a pop sound, and so they've got all the new synthesizers and plucks, and then your bass player's kind of into funk, or maybe they're just way into rock. And then you got your acoustic guitar player from back in the 70s and rocking a 12 string with a chorus effect. And then your sound person, you know, what do they like? Because they're interpreting everything that you're doing based on their preferences. And then obviously leadership, pastors, you have a preference of what you want it to sound like. And so what happens is that without a vision, people will just do whatever seems good to themselves. And there's the famous scripture and says, without a vision, the people perish. And some translations will say, Without a vision, the people cast off restraint. And that just simply means people are gonna do whatever it is that seems good to them unless there's some other reason why they shouldn't. So really the first thing that you need to do is just think about what is the sound that we're going after. So once you know what your vision is, then the next step is to lead that vision. And that would involve just communicating so that everyone knows where it is that you're going, possibly giving some practical examples so people can hear and say, this is the sound. And then a real big part of that is going to be winning people over to the vision. And that can be done in a multitude of ways. You know, hopefully you're inspiring them. They see it. They're excited about that. When they're achieving the vision, I would encourage you to reward that and to praise that. And then at some level, it may just come down to levels of enforcement and just saying, hey, this is where we're going. We want you to be involved, but this is where we're going. So then we come to step number three, which is hopefully the fun part. And I know it can be challenging and frustrating when you run out of knowledge, but that's the working together to figure out how you're going to actually do this. So that's going to involve certainly some research, but really you need to involve more than just the instrumentalist in picking the sound that it needs to be a group decision because that's how it works kind of at a pro level. You know, a band's gonna go into the studio and they're gonna work with a producer and that producer is gonna help them find the right sounds. And they're gonna go through the different tones and say, hey, what about this and what about that? And they're gonna pick sounds based on that recording. And then when they go and play live, those, you know, if they're big enough and can afford it, they'll have guitar techs and they'll have drum techs that go and set up everything for them. They're the ones tuning and selecting cymbals and working together with the sound guys to find, hey, what's going to sound best for this venue, for this song, in this style. So I would encourage you not to just leave it to, you know, the piano player. Hey, you play piano, therefore you have to be an expert about how to get great piano sounds. That's just like asking a piano player to know how to tune a piano. 
Well, that's not expected in any way. You hire a technician to come and tune your piano, and then you play the piano. So for some people, having additional input is going to be a welcome addition. They're like, because most people are kind of lost as to how any of this gear works. And for other people, you're going to have to lead them past that because you're leading them past their personal preferences. And again, you just have to keep the vision in front of them. You have to have that in your speaking and just in the final results. And then certainly then as you reward and praise and be like, yeah, that's it. And hey, man, that sounded great because that's ultimately what people want is they want it to sound good. So now that you're willing to get more people involved, sometimes you have to bring in outside help. And that will you know, involve doing some research just in the sense of who you're listening to, talking about gear, finding the, the influences, the people that you really like their sound and kind of figuring out, okay, how are they doing that? But again, you really have to have that vision because what happens sometimes is that, well, you'll go and find advice, but those people don't have the same vision that you have and aren't getting the same sound. And so then you'll spend money, buy gear and work really hard to try and do something that's not going to work well with your vision. And for an example would be, you know, a lot of churches that we have visited lately want a very vocal, heavy sound. So they want the main vocal, they want background vocals, they want a choir, and they want all of those to be heard above everything else. So it's real strong in the forefront of the mix. And then the songs that they're playing aren't necessarily songs that were designed for that style. And so they're trying to play them just like the recording, but because those recordings don't have that broad vocal sound, in fact, most of them only have one background vocal, if they have any, not this whole choir sound. And so then their instrumentation that they're learning really well and the sounds that they're trying to match don't fit their vision. So on a very practical level, if you wanna have that really vocal heavy sound, well, you have to make room for all of those vocals. And that means that you can't play the notes that people are singing, otherwise those people can't be heard and the sound person will then have to turn you down. So on a keyboard, if you're playing with your right hand those notes that everybody's singing, well, he's gonna turn you down. Well, that also is gonna turn down all of the notes that you're playing with your left hand that would work and would allow you to be turned back up if you didn't play those notes in your right hand. So I felt like we totally just dove in there to all of the technical details there, but hey, this is the TechCast, and those are the things that matter, but today what I really do want you to see is how those differences in vision affect your worship team, and then also just this need to be able to work together to accomplish what it is that you wanna do. So this week, what I want you to do is get with your team, get with your leadership, and put down on paper and be able to communicate what is the vision. And then come on back and we'll help you dive in even further into specifically how do you accomplish that. Well, that's all the time we have for this week. If we can do anything for you, please don't hesitate to ask musicministryconference at gmail.com. Well, until next time, have a great week and God bless.